Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast, episode 28. We got some show. Well, we only really got one show to talk about, and that's Sweet Tooth. But once again, I'm joined by Amy, special guest again. Mark, Mark, I think you're going to have to, we're going to have to get, promote you to beyond special guests at some point, maybe. I yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a good idea. Like, I think like that's a good idea. Uber guest or mega host? Um, <laughs> I, maybe like extra special guest. I'm not so sure about Uber, but, uh, you know, or mega. Um, but Diego, we should mention that um, this is, we, we kind of missed it last time, but we are now a year old. The podcast Woo-hoo! premiered on May 21st last year. So the boom try, and I, of course, I didn't join until later. That's so when it got really good. didn't start until you got there, right? I mean, let's be honest. Is that what I, you're I think everybody, yeah, I, I think everybody would agree with that. But we, but again, happy birthday to us. So, uh, you know, just some, some, something to make note of that we are now moving into our second year, and hopefully, hopefully, you guys feel like we've grown as we've been going through the year. And uh, as always, you know, let us know what you'd like to hear. Uh, if you want us to do anything a little bit different, so. And I'm so sorry, y'all. I didn't get you anything. Uh, well, you know, I, nah, maybe that you're back down to just. Away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're back to guest. Just a random guest. guest. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into our main focus here on Sweet Tooth, so that's the show we're going to be talking about. Have you guys caught anything beyond the world of Sweet Tooth this uh, um, couple? Of I weeks? have. I have. I actually followed through on what I said I was going to watch for once. Finally. Um, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I watched season two of Ragnarok. Um, Ragnarok came out last year. I raved about it. It's this show from Norway where this teenager finds out that he is Thor and they're, that he's living among people who are all of the the giants and the other gods and goddesses. And I love it. I mean, I loved what they did with season two. I'm super ready for season three. Um, I also have been watching the final, final season of Lucifer, which just breaks my heart. Um, I have not watched the last episode yet. I'm kind of purposely holding off because I don't want it to be over. But I have to say, they are doing such a beautiful job of wrapping up everybody's storyline and not in a way where it feels forced. I feel like sometimes when you know that a show is ending, they kind of make these stupid endings to people's storylines just to be done with them. But they're all of the side characters in Lucifer are really like main characters. They're just as well developed as the others and I feel like they're spending a lot of time on them and it's it's just beautiful. I love it. And then uh, my my son and I finally watched the the most recent season of Camp Cretaceous. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. This is maybe one of the best kid shows. If your kid is not easily scared, like if your kid gets scared by, you know, dinosaurs and jump scares, maybe wait till they're a little older. But we... I, I love this show almost as much as I love the actual Jurassic Park movies. Like, they just do a really good job of not, 
like dumbing it down for kids. It's still scary. It's still tense. It's got really good storylines for all of the characters. And they each have their own developed backstories. And there's new dinosaurs um, in each season. And it's just, I love it. I think it's such a great show. So I watched the most recent season of that too. So that's what I've been watching. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I kind of got into the Divine Ponytail, the Roberto Baggio documentary. It's a little cut off guard. I was expecting a little bit more. I thought it was going to be like an actual documentary and it was him. But it's kind of one of those where they have like a, like an actor playing him. That oh, looks like okay. him and kind of going through like some of the things that he went through. So it was just, uh, it was interesting. I mean, you know, for any soccer fan that saw that 94 World Cup. I think the uh-huh. one that was in the U.S. where Baggio missed the PK. Uh, so, you know, there's that history. That's pretty much the only really big thing I know about him. But, you know, just learning that he went through, like, he tore his ACL. He had, like, so many knee surgeries. And, you know, tearing an ACL in the 90s compared to, like, today, like, oh. that could be career-ending. That's it. And he tore, I think, when he was, like, 18 or so. Yeah. It, so, and it's it was major. I mean, it's still major, major surgery. But... Back right. then, it was even even more so. So it was nice, you know, soccer. I love soccer. He's yeah, a big do. player in the history of soccer, so that was nice. And I did get to watch a little bit on High on the Hog, which is how African-American cuisine transformed America. Uh, so that was good. You know, I like my food documentaries and learning mm. something about new food. So I'm hoping uh, by the end of this, I'll be able to share something that we try to recreate in my own nice. kitchen. All right. So we'll Sounds see. We'll good. We'll see. No promises. Sounds so. good. <laughs> and Mark, did you say you did or you didn't watch something or just kind well, of? Yeah, some... I've been catching up on things. I, I caught some of Lucifer's new season. So I agree with what you're saying, Amy, 100%. Uh, Camp Cretaceous, watched that with my kids. Uh, and um, Love, Death and Robots. I had made a commitment to watch that whole thing from soup to nuts. And I did that as well. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. So let's get into it. Get into Sweet Tooth. All oh, right. No. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Whoa, Amy, what Amy, what happened there? That you you sound upset about Sweet Tooth. No, 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 no. I I you I guess I did sigh really big there. I <laughs> I was looking at my notes as you were saying that and my very the very first thing that I wrote or I guess I didn't write it first off. I went back and wrote it later, but what I said was a lot of the the things that happened, a lot of the language that they used, it really clicked close to home with the pandemic because it's about this virus that hits the world. It's a global pandemic. Um, And just the things that they're doing and talking about and, and just kind of watching them deal with, and this is kind of like the aftermath. And of course their pan, well, I don't know. I guess it was just as bad. You know, it, there people died. Like, people died from COVID. So it was the same kind of thing. The only twist is that, and this was something that I felt like was never really made clear to me, like how the two were connected, the virus, and then we find out, um, I don't know. I don't want to spoil super early, but these hybrid babies being born, right? And they're babies that are part human, part animal and i mean right off the bat they're showing us mark mark texted me because mark started watching it before i watched it and i get a text i think i was in it was in school and so um 
when I go to my prep, I pick up my phone and I have a text remark that says, I want a puppy baby. All and I'm caps. like, what, <laughs> All what caps. are you talking about? Like, you want a puppy baby? And he's like, have you started the show? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, forget it then. Um, <laughs> but like just these babies are born and they are part animal and they're adorable. So, I mean, these were these adorable little babies. But of course, everybody is afraid of them. And I guess no regular babies were being born anymore. That was something I was never clear on. Like, were they only hybrid babies at that point? Or were there still regular babies being born? I don't know, because the only kids that we see after a certain point, except for one, um, who I think was a little bit older, so would have missed it, they're all hybrid. So there were just some things that I felt was unclear. But I enjoyed the show, so... Why don't we start talking about it? So episode one. Episode one is called Out of the Deep Woods. And the synopsis is growing up in a remote forest cabin with his dad. Gus learns lessons about survival and the dangers that lurk beyond the fence in the out, to the outside world. So Gus is one of these hybrid babies. And he is part deer, part human boy. And the, the movie kind of opens up with his dad having him in like a baby carrier, um, kind of trekking across what seems to be wilderness and then setting up camp and they, they jump right in. Yes, Yellowstone, right. Um, did we know that at the beginning though? I yeah, think they walked by the, the sign. Yeah, I oh, think they at walked one by point the sign? Dish, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought they went back to that at the end and that's when we found out it was Yellowstone. I don't, I think I must have missed that at the beginning, but... And then they just kind of show over, I don't know, maybe eight years, ten years, um, just kind of him and his dad growing up in this cabin in Yellowstone where he's kind of teaching him to be, you know, vigilant of the outside world, but they're also now having to be survivalists and they're kind of surviving in in their world. So No contact I that was with the outside world. Either. At all. At like zero, con- like there wasn't even because the dad had told he- him, the dad had told him pretty much that the world is on fire, there's fire out there, and there's no right. good people. The world is like collapsed, right? That's right, that's right. And interestingly enough, um, but the dad was also a very loving dad, like he definitely did enough to scare him about the outside world, but he was also he would play with him and they would, like, you know, he would make books for him or whatever. Apparently, in some of the reading that I did about the comics, the dad was very, um, like, everything that he said was, like, you know, hellfire and brimstone. Like, he talked about the fires outside, but he just really was, like, even more hardcore about don't, don't go out. Don't go out. Which I think might have, well, I guess, I don't know. It would have been a bigger surprise to me that the kid eventually winds up going out, um, you know, because this dad like said it a bunch of times. But I, I, I'm not sure that he was really putting the fear of God in this kid about leaving. So, um, yeah, you know, and I, one of the things I struggled with too. You're, you're definitely right about in the comics, everything is just darker and heavier. Which of course, graphic novels transitioning to TV, they tend to lighten up everything usually. Um, what frustrated me is that the dad told him, who, by the way, Will Forte apparently is supposed to play last survivor now in all of his roles, because that was he was <laughs> the last man on Earth, too. But right. uh, he, did a, he did a good job. I like the character. But uh, everything he told his kid was such an egregious, you know, exaggeration, hyperbole, or outright lie. But yet, he had made plans for this 
day when ultimately his kid would have to go out into the real world by burying this box with like credit cards and a few dollar bills. Like why not? I mean, you have time to make 42 children's books, write a journal and bury that. Right. (laughs) So that's, you know, I struggled with that, but. That's true. That's true. I kind of felt like that box was there, not necessarily for the kid, but kind of like in case they ever had to leave and he had to go back and live with the world. I don't know. I don't know. Diego, what were your thoughts on the first episode? I I liked it. And one of the main reasons that I did like it is that it gave me this vibe of this video game called Last of Us. I I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I've heard of it. But it's essentially the same idea. There's a virus. It turns people into kind of like zombies kind of things. And then you have this kid who loses her dad and meets his older guy, uh, Joel, who, and then they kind of, you know, become like almost like a family kind of thing. And the world is like apocalyptic. Like they have like, you know, in, in the first episode, you kind of get a little glimpse of what they call the last man, which is like this evil army kind of, um, group. And then the last of us, they have the fireflies. I I can't remember the other group's name. Um, but essentially, that's the vibe I got, and I really, really, really love the Last of Us game series. Okay. So this this gave me that vibe, and I was like, I can I, I can mess with this. I like this. I like where this is going. Uh, right off the bat, so that having that vibe got me hooked right away. Um, I did. I, I like Will Forte. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he plays a uh, all his roles are kind of good. So I, right. I enjoyed him as the dad. I enjoyed him making the books and. You know, his her survival instinct was in Yellowstone. And then even when he ran across that guy and he had, like, the broom pretending it was a gun. Um, but the, the, the part that kind of bugged me was for him, when, the, when he went out to go fight them, he, like, made, like, he stuck that syringe, which I'm thinking is the virus. And he just went out and fight it. So, like, how, did he get stuck with that syringe? And, like, we never kind of really know that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't think about that, but I yeah, he about brought that, that too. Yeah. And so like he came back and it looked like he was sick, right? Right. Oh yeah. So so I I don't know did it did it not go the right way? Did did it go the right way? Uh so that kind of bugged me. I don't know if maybe that's something they're going to touch upon. Uh and and just a side note, I feel like every show that we've liked gets canceled uh I know. for season 2, so I'm very worried that this one's going to get canceled. I really 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 hope it doesn't. Right. Uh, but I, I don't know if that. So I don't know if we'll see more about Will Forte's character and maybe see what happened there. Uh, but season, I, I like the first episode. It was good. It really got me okay. going. I was, I was excited. Uh, and I, I went into this kind of blindly. Uh, I didn't know much about it. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't ex- either. Like, I know who Jeff Lemire was. I knew it right. was a comic book. I knew that you have Robert Downey Jr. Like, behind the scenes kind of, uh, I think, maybe executive producer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I, I like I had the good names, so I was very excited for it. So episode one, I was hooked. I was ready. I wanted to see more right away. So, so interestingly enough, episode one ends with despite all of his dad's warnings, and the I mean, they even make a point to show us when the dad says to the kid, "Don't make fires during the day," um, and then the kid gets mad and makes a fire during a the big day. Fire. A big fire, not even just a little one. Um, And again, I get that little kids are irrational and he was upset because, you know, his father had died. Um, 
But of course, then that brings people to him and now he has to escape, which brings us into um, episode two. So I'll be honest with you. So episode two says, Gus follows a reluctant big man into the unknown. Dr. Singh discovers what it will cost to save Ronnie. Amy finds a new beginning after the world ends. So episode one really focuses pretty heavily on um, Gus and his father. In episode two, we start to get a little peek at the other two main storylines, which is Dr. Singh, um, who is a doctor, and then, you know, everything happens and he kind of stops practicing um, because his wife is sick with the virus, but he's able to work at a deal where he's getting some medication for her so that she's not contagious and it doesn't really progress any further. And then the other storyline is this woman named Amy. And at this point, they're not really telling us too much. I was super curious about Amy at this point because they just mm-hmm. kind of introduced her to us. But we don't really know much about her. We don't really know what she's doing. We don't know, you know, what's happening. And I'm so sorry. As I'm reading the the episode synopsis for episode two, I'm suddenly realizing I don't remember how Gus meets Big Man. He, at the end of in episode one, he was going to leave to go to Colorado, and then he got caught by those two poachers. By the last men, yeah. Yeah, and then Big Man came and saved them. I have no recollection of that. Interesting. And mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where he got the name so, Sweet Tooth was because uh, they were luring him with candy. They were the, the, the last men were luring Gus with candy, which he'd never seen before, so he was, like, swallowing it whole. Okay. And Jeopard made that observation and called it Sweet Tooth. Okay. All right. So so they leave and this they encounter this family who lives way up at the top of Yellowstone and I guess are the operators of the Skylift. Um, and so they they stop there and they wind up staying with the family for a little bit and Jeffrey is, you know, basically makes a deal like I'm going to leave this kid with you. Um, and I just as soon as they find the family and they, they have this beautiful home, and they're happy, and they're surviving, and they're healthy. And all I can think is, d- just keep walking. Because you know that somehow you're going to ruin <laughs> right. this family by staying. Like, just keep walking. They've survived this long, and as soon as you get involved, bad things are going to happen. And of course, sure enough, the last men show up, and there's this huge shootout. My favorite thing and I wish there had been more of this because I wanted to know more about it. But there, he's being attacked. So Jeopard is outside when the, the last men show up. And he's clonking these guys over the head with a bear trap. And inside is Gus. And this guy comes and he's standing there and he's ready to to shoot him and Gus has his back to the open doors and then coming in behind Gus is this enormous stag. deer right the stag <laughs> comes like out of the mist it's his patronus just, it is that's what like, that's what I kept thinking I'm like this is Harry Potter like what's happening and it comes like in behind him and it's kind of still misty but visible to the guy and the guy totally freaks out and then of course or doesn't freak out he totally freezes and then Jeopard conks him over the head and that's the end of that 
Um, and I wish there had been more with that because I would have liked to have known more about that. Well, but, you kind of um, get a you kind of get a little bit of that in episode one where he calls he sees a deer and he calls the deer mama. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then and then later on in you know a couple episodes not to ruin anything but there's that one scene with the tiger. And he yeah, does kind of like talks to it, and it kind of like it looks almost scared of him, or, or almost understands. So, so that's I thought that was really cool, like that he, they do have some kind of connection with nature or with other animals. Right, and then like when he's running later on, yes, um, oh, yeah. and he's running away, and all the deer start running with him as well. So I thought that was good too. Um, but I something else. I just thought. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead, because this is uh, somewhere else in episode two. I was going to say, something that really was, like, kind of buggy for me in episode two was when we're seeing uh, Dr. Addis, Dr. Singh's uh, Mm -hmm. storyline, and he's in this really beautiful neighborhood. They have lights. They have food. They're living in houses. Right. And I said said to myself, like, how? How? How is yep. this going on? But then you you kind of get a little glimpse into what this neighborhood's really like, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll go live in Yellowstone. Well, and somehow <laughs> right. this this apocalypse does not include a power failure of any sort because right. everyone has lights. I was like, what? Right, yeah. exactly. And that's the thing. Like sometimes those apocalypses, <laughs> they lost which internet. Is a weird though. thing to say, but right, right. Like there's there's things that work and there's things that don't work, and there's no rhyme or reason to what's still working and what's not working. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Like, even the family up in the hills, and again, they're not really, like, using their power that much, but then they're able to, you know, make the chairlift thing go. I don't know. Yeah. I like my apocalypse with full-functioning utilities. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> seriously. If, if you're going to have to go through it, please do. But... So they eventually gonna, decide you gotta leave, and then Gus and and Jeppert leave because yeah. they they recognize that they're not it's not a safe place. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I just uh, as we're getting to know Jeppert uh, at the end of episode one and now into episode two, we're seeing that there's and I don't know if y'all noticed at the very beginning of episode one there was a football game on the TV pre-apocalypse and they showed Jeppert on TV like they oh, were doing oh the, no yeah. I didn't um, but uh, the way Jeppert treated that family where he was like i'm gonna take this i'm gonna take that and and the the father pushed back a little he goes i'm not asking you could see jeppard was maybe not the nicest guy like there was something about him that he has some some dark past um at the very least he's about to fully take advantage of these people whether they like it or not Um, right but uh i i made a note and then i I thought I was so brilliant and I Googled it later on and I was like hundreds of people said the same thing. Uh, this whole like older older person with a dark past, younger, helpless child type thing. It's it's the hound from Game of Thrones. It's Mandalorian, 100%. Mm. It's like oh, yeah. This, yeah, so I thought, I mean, uh, it, it seems like a formula that Hollywood has been enjoying lately is, is this kind of, you know, bad yeah. person does right by innocent child kind of theme. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Um, and, and, you know, and he does, again, he's, he's, he's a complicated character because he's not really a good guy, right? And we find out at some point when he's, he's got like the scar on his chest, he used to be one of the bad guys. Um, and, and he is so nasty to the family and he's like, you keep him, you know, but then at the same time, when he finds out that the kid in the family might be in danger, he, I mean, the title of this episode is Sorry About All the Dead People um, because he kills, like, at least 10 to 15 of these guys, like, all over these people's property. 
Um, <laughs> so he's he's a complicated character to be sure. But so they, the the episode ends with um, with them Amy. getting to yes, it ends with Amy. Like they kind of introduce Amy to us, right? And it ends with her going outside of where she is, and she finds this baby on the ground. And she takes the baby in, and now she's going to be raising the baby. And I believe it's in this episode where we get a look at the baby. Yes. Yes, at least it's a pig baby, half human, half pig. Yeah, it's a hybrid pig baby. So, Um, and that takes us into episode three. So episode three says, eager to send Gus on his way, big man figures out how to how how to hide him in plain sight. The Sings attend a neighborhood party that take an ominous turn. So I'd love to start by chatting about the the Sings ominous and their turn. neighborhood. Yeah, because yeah. it is it is the lottery by Shirley Jackson. Like this this neighborhood is every like weird. It's it's it, it's a combination. Like it's a combination of like the Stepford fam, the Stepford wives, and it's a combination of. Like so many different things, but when they fa- they're all so excited and you know loving and health healthy and happy and it's such a neat and clean cut neighborhood and they have everything and they're having a party a Survivor's Day party and they don't really want to go and so then Ronnie says well they well, don't want to go because Ronnie is sick. because she's sick right right and she says let's you know he says well let's just say that we don't like parties and she's like. Ah, uh, you remember what happened to so-and-so who said that he didn't like the party? And then they look over to this burnt shell of a house, um, kind of forecasting what'll happen. And then, they get, and then they get to this party, and everybody's talking and laughing and eating and having a great time. And, you know, Dr. Singh doesn't want to be there, and he keeps, like, saying, like, they have a code word, gargoyle. If you want to leave the party, let's say gargoyle. And they're, you know, he wants to get out of there, and she's like, I'm fine, but... The telling sign that you have this virus is that your pinky starts to shake and he can see that her pinky's shaking so like he puts his hand on hers or whatever and then it turns out that the guy who's hosting the party, his pinky starts to shake and he, what they do is <laughs> they wrap him in saran wrap to a chair and then they set the house on fire and then they stand outside the house eating his food and then they sing Old Lang Syne. <laughs> I mean, it was... The craziest thing. I was like, what is happening here? So it was bananas. It was absolutely bananas. Um, but I felt like you we know, learned a lot about... Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. I'll get back um, to sing. I, I loved this episode uh, because... And, and I know we talked briefly about the, the like how it kind of evokes a lot of our feelings from COVID. Um, they started filming this before the pandemic outbreak. And then they put it on hold and then they resumed it a little bit later on uh, as, as you know, that they were learning the rules of social distancing and wearing masks and stuff. Um, but uh, that underlying feeling of paranoia of these people who are saying they're your friends, but they could A, be harboring a virus that's going to kill you, or B, at a moment's notice, flip the switch and kill you themselves. Right. Like, uh, Which trial? Think, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I think that, that that paranoia, and maybe not so violently exacerbated, we've all been living with every time we go into a grocery store, you know, or, right, or go to right. a gathering. Are you vaccinated? No. Are you really vaccinated? Like, so I thought that that whole scene was very cool and, and, and set up well. And I love it. It was. I, 
I forget her name, but the neighborhood watch. Janice. She, yeah. I thought it was um, Nancy. 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 I, I yeah, love yeah. to hate her. She was good. Yeah, <laughs> she, she was, was good. And I feel like this episode gave us some good info on Dr. Singh, right? Because Dr. Singh gets this medicine for his wife from this Dr. Bell. And he goes to see Dr. Bell. And she kind of says, look, I've got, I'm, I'm dying. I've got cancer. And so uh, you're going to have to take over for me. And that includes you're going to have to take over, like, making this, not antidote, but whatever it is. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he's looking through her research, and he finds out that it's killing hybrid children. Like, they have to use things from hybrid children and kill them. And so initially, when I was watching that, I was like, oh, gosh, that's what a moral dilemma, you know? Like, your wife and blah, blah, blah. And then I started thinking, you know what? If I'm his wife, I say to him, I'm going to take this decision out of your hands. You're not killing children. Like, that's it. I'm going to die, and we're just going to let nature take its course here. Like, I started to become, as the as the what the show went on, I started to become really annoyed with his wife in that she would put him through that. <laughs> I know she didn't want to die, but I don't know. I It, it felt like h- how much could she really love this man if she would be willing to put him through that? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's awful. Like, hey, look, if you love me, you're gonna kill some kids um, every month. Not like it's like a one shot deal either. Like, you gotta kill these kids like every month and take something out of their penile gland and and turn it into this thing that you're gonna shoot in my arm. I don't know that that storyline. It really bothered me. And the more that that went on throughout, um, I was getting really angry with the wife. I found um, I, another. Thing. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to agree with you, and and what I was feeling as they go through more, you know, trials and tribulations down down the line, you know, he stands by her a hundred percent unwaveringly. She never once turns to him and says, "Save yourself," right? You know, like I just wanted to see a little bit of that. You know, I, I, I'm you go save yourself. I'll be okay, or or just leave me here, whatever. And she never did that. Right, exactly. I don't know. I just found her to be a selfish character. And I'm just realizing this episode opens up with these teenagers playing these video games. Um, And they're like, clearly, again, they've got electricity. um, And they're in like this this huge arcade and they're playing these these, uh, virtual reality video games where they're rescuing children they're rescuing hybrids and animals and stuff and then some alarm sounds and they all stop playing their games and like the leader of them is like all right let's go save them and they all like march out and then they march through this giant dinosaur skull and then you know as the scene pans out there's this abandoned theme park behind them i thought that was super well done because immediately i was hooked with that storyline i was like who are these people like what's happening so i thought that was great I and the costumes and the costumes were kick ass for that uh, the, oh the my whole god animal army like that was amazing this was the first yeah. episode that i i wrote and i was telling you amy off air yeah. that I, that i wrote down why won't gus listen Right. Uh, Never. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. And this is also where we see who General Abbott is, too. Yeah. So, General Abbott, to me, had like this John Malkovich thing going on. Like, <laughs> I could totally see him playing this character, just the way that he was talking. Um, 
he's in this they 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 show and I was getting my places confused as I was watching just because they introduced so many new things in this episode. But they show these soldiers in this huge building and the guy walks up to who we then find out is General Abbott. And he says, I think we found her. So this is after we've been introduced to the animal army and we've been introduced to uh, Bear, who is the leader of the group, who encounters Gus when Gus and Big Man, Jeopards, go to get on the train. They go to the train station. And, of course, as Diego just said, you know, Jeopards like, you sit here. You have to sit here. And he, he makes this costume for him so that he can look like a kid dressing up as a deer for Halloween. Um, it was very well done, right? So he's like, look. And as he's doing it, he's like... You have to pretend like you're human. You have to talk. If anybody talks to you, you have to talk back because everybody thinks that hybrids can't talk. And don't talk to the army men and don't talk to these people. Just sit in this chair and don't move. And of course, then Jepper goes to buy the ticket and you and Gus hears like teenagers talking and laughing and has to go find out what it is and gets up and walks away. Um, and then Bear winds up, he's starting to get kind of tormented by these older teenagers. And Bear kind of comes in and saves the day. So then when, when the soldier is saying to Colonel Abbott or General Abbott, we found her, I thought he was talking about Bear. That's who I thought he was talking mm. about. So I was like, oh, I bet she's his daughter. Like, there were so many things that happened in this show that I guess I'm like, oh, I bet this is what it is. And I thought I was he, you know super what? Super wrong. <laughs> I thought it was the mom that they found. Oh, because there was okay. a piece of me that was like, the mom's alive. The yeah. mom, right. this, is, this, is, this is typical. You think the mom's supposed to be dead? The mom's not dead. <laughs> right. Right. So I exactly. Knew, so I thought I thought that General Abbott was going to find, or was going to say it was the Gus's mom. Right, right. And 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 here was another here was another for me, another strike against Jeopards, right? Because they get the train ticket. So I watch him bargain for the train ticket. I think he's got to give the guy the laces from his shoes cuz he doesn't have enough money. It's so expensive. He buys the train ticket and in the last episode or maybe it was earlier in this episode, Jeopards taking pills, right? And um Gus can smell the pills. Gus is like, "Oh, I smell whatever," he said. And the guy's like, you can smell that? He's like, yeah, I'm a deer. Like, I have a great sense of smell. And he Jeopards gets him on the train to, you know, get him going on the train to get away from the army men who have found them. And Gus mentions like, oh, I guess the army likes that candy. Great, because he calls it candy. I guess the army likes that candy that you take too. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, in those boxes over there, I can smell that candy that you take. So clearly the drugs that Jeopards has taken is on the thing. And and you know, right off the bat, you know, they're going to dilly-dally here to get these pills for Jeopards and they're going to get caught. And sure enough, Jeopard has to get his pills and the army men get on the train and they, they get him. And I was so angry here because, again, here's one of these adults being super selfish um, and who's going to suffer? It's not going to be the adult. It's going to be the kid that suffers. So I was, I was really upset by that. And then this is the first time, too, that we get to see. They're giving us just little tiny snippets of Amy at this point. 
and they they give us the actual preserve and they show us and it's this abandoned zoo and it's beautiful um it's somewhere i would want to go and visit like and it's abandoned i would rather see it the way it is abandoned all overgrown and wild rather than what it probably used to look like but um so yeah so that's episode three a lot happened in episode three i felt like um a lot a lot um and that takes us into episode four so episode four was called secret sauce and it said Gus lands under the protection of some new friends as Big Man's past catches up to him. Dr. Singh fears a nosy neighbor will unearth Ronnie's secret. What were your thoughts on episode five? Four. Five. We're five. We're in five. No, we're in episode four. Sorry. That's the one I just read. I'm, I'm, I'm this is where I wrote, ahead of my... This is where I wrote F. Nancy, the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> she she was so like intense and all up in their business. I was like, "Yo, Nancy, back off!" But I she mean, was she worst. was, but she was on it. She was on it. She knew. And this is kind of where we get a little bit of like the the symbolism of that purple flower. That if you're sick, that purple flower starts to like grow in your front yard as like a tail sign. I'm like, oh man. Which is so. a weird thing. Like, how does that happen? You know? I don't know. There were so many things with this virus that didn't make sense to me, and that was definitely one of them. And then you also get a little bit more of Amy's turning it into the preserve, and now you start seeing more uh, hybrid animals coming to the preserve, right? And yeah. my, my question here was, why are some animal, or why are some hybrids more animal than human? Whereas you right. have Gus... You have uh, a piglet, oh, pigtails, or what, what was the real name? It wasn't pigtails. Wendy. Wendy. Wendy, Wendy who was yeah. the pig hybrid. They're like human more, and but then you have Bobby, who was a little groundhog, and he looked just like a walking groundhog. Or groundhog. He was the cutest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> he was adorable. Like, I, I can't even with him. So I feel like later on, Maybe in one of the episodes they mentioned, like, when they were talking about Gus. And I think it was Bear and Jeopards were talking about Gus. And they're like, well, he's definitely one of the earlier ones because there's still a lot of human in him. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if as more hybrids were born, they became more um, animal-like and, and less human, you know? I, don't, I wasn't really sure how that happened either, but that was my understanding that kind of as hybrids evolved they became they became more animal like because i wrote the same thing i wrote bobby is the cutest little thing i've ever seen but now i don't understand are there different levels of hybrids because even as we see all these hybrids at the preserve like you said some of them are like wendy and gus and some of them are like bobby and it that didn't make sense either so Again, really hoping that we don't get canceled uh, before they make a season two. But I'm if they do get a season two, I'm really hopeful that they'll explain that. You know, like mm-hmm. how that kind of thing works. But and this um, this episode, and, so go ahead, Mark. I was well, and Bobby's going to be pretty pivotal in the the, the storyline down the road. Again, he, he is in the comic, and and pray to God they they do keep it going because it it gets so much better with as these three storylines start to intertwine. Um, but yeah, it also kind of explains why people are so shocked and surprised when uh, Gus speaks because Bobby right. sounds like Gizmo from Gremlins, and and right. Gus actually speaks in full sentences. So um, right, 
but he's so cute when he talks. He does his little, Bobby, ready? And I'm like, oh, Bobby, I'm ready. Come here, (laughs) sweetheart. I still want a puppy baby. You can have Bobby. I I want a puppy baby. (laughs) I also also got out of this episode, because we we get more into Bear and uh, this video game Mm -hmm. army. I, I learned that video games prepare us for the end of the world. So I think I might be all right. If something like seriously, seriously, yeah, take that, mom and dad. Take that, mom and dad. Well, but I, but in in this episode with the army, the animal army, this is when Bear gets overthrown by um, Avril Lavigne. Yes, seriously. <laughs> um, so interesting, though, like the dynamics where you know the this other girl kept really wanting to kill Jeppers, and the boy Gus just kept saying no, and Bear was like, look, like. He doesn't want him to. He's the guy who was with him. Like, he's saying no. But then, you know, she brings him down to this council. This was very much, um, if you watch The 100, it was very much like that. They have this mm-hmm. big arena where they're going to, you know, pass judgment on you here. And she's like, we are not going to kill this man today. And the other girl jumps up and she's like, yeah, we are. And if you're with me, you're against Bear. And, like, almost everybody was like, okay. And they were all calling for Jeopards to die. And so they open up the the cage to this massive tiger. And that's when, as we were talking about before, Gus kind of tells the tiger, please don't hurt my friend. Please don't hurt my friend. And the tiger's like, rah, rah. But it, but it backs itself up back into the cage and does not come out. Um, and then Bear just kind of quietly slinks away and leaves. And she's she's not going to... She's not going to stay with them. You know, I think she realizes it's not safe for her. Um, this, this is where Bear becomes my favorite character in the entire series. Because when they first introduce her and they're like, something sets off a perimeter alarm or something. They're like, we've got one, let's go. And they all storm out of the, the hideaway. They're, they're playing this dark, ominous music and she looks a little crazy, a little like, uh, like you know, Lost Boys-ish. And... Uh-huh. Um, Mm-hmm. And then when she approaches Gus in the market, she's like, come with me, little boy. And you have this whole strangers with candy kind of vibe. But then she starts talking to him and making him these promises. And then she sacrifices her whole life and position and what have you for that promise to him. And I'm like, she's she's a good one. I like her. Yeah, yeah. That was a good turning point for her, I thought. I thought, that, And, of course, we later find out why. But, but yeah. yeah, that was good. And then... <laughs> This is also, again, if Diego had mentioned his comment about Nancy here, this is also the episode where Nancy finds out that Ronnie has the virus, has the sick. Um, And she's like, that's it. We're going to tell. And, you know, so on and so forth. And they're pleading with her not to do it. And it... The way that it happened, it happened so fast. It felt like something you would see in like a Chris Farley movie. I I don't know how to say it any different than that. But (laughs) she's standing behind the horse and the horse's leg just shoots out and kicks her and kills her. And uh, and they're like, oh, okay. Like they don't even know what to do, but they're like, well, I guess we're safe. And then they grab her body and they drag her into the freezer um, well, and I just have to note real quick. So the horse is named Trixie, and right. again, you know, I, I bring the dad jokes. Um, when this happened, I looked at my husband and I said, "Silly Nancy, kicks her from Trixie." And oh God, Rob, I'm glad I may be, I may get divorced. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that's a pretty bad one. Um, but but yeah, so that that kind of and again that kind of felt a little easy to me. Like, oh, of course she dies. Like, why wouldn't she <laughs> die? Um, but 
again, I didn't mention, this episode opens with the general going to this house that's out in the middle of nowhere. And it actually starts out with this woman, and it's Dr. Bell. And Dr. Bell, who said she had cancer, and that's why Dr. Singh had to take over for her. But here she is, happy and alive and healthy and kicking in um, this house. And she's watering her plants, and she's dancing. And the general opens the door, and he's like, Hey, Dr. Bell, what's going on? And they have this confrontation, and she explains... That's episode four or episode five? This is episode five. It's how it opens. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, Yes. and, uh, And he, you know, she says... She says to him, um, you know, well, I gave everything to Dr. Singh, including the book where the directions are for the, you know, the antidote or how to create the, the sick or whatever. And he's like, okay. And then they leave and you think that's going to be the end of it. And then he sends two of his goons back in and you can just hear her screaming in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of it. And my note here was, ooh, she was faking being sick and working for the bad guy the whole time. So I kind of felt like, she got what she deserved, you know? And then this... Oh, right. We're in episode four, aren't we? I'm so sorry. I keep flipping around. Anyway, on to episode five. Um, that's how episode five opens up. Uh, episode five is called What's in the Freezer? And Gus and Big Man pick up a traveling companion who suggests a perilous shortcut. Amy's sanctuary comes under threat and time is running out for the Sings. So... Again, they, they it opens up with Gladys. Bear is now going with uh, with Gus and Jeppert's. And they she says, I know how to get to where we need to go. But we're going to have to go through this field, right? And it's this field full of this... The purple flower. Violet flower. The purple flowers, right? So for me, this is the poppy field from The Wizard of Oz, right? And this was this was probably the only moment in the series where I was kind of checked out because he falls on from this rickety bridge because, again, he's not listening. Um, he goes <laughs> off on his own, and he's on this rickety bridge, and they're like, stop, stop, you have to stop. And he's like, no, I'm going to cross the bridge and find my mother. And they're like, no, come back, <laughs> come back. And, and he's like, no, no. And, of course, he falls right through the bridge into the field, and he winds up having these massive hallucinations um about kind of wandering through the forest and he's looking at himself in a mirror and the mirror cracks and then his dad is there and he's talking to his dad and I- i'm really hoping in the second season too they can explain to us how he came up with the name pubba for his father um but he- he's talking to his pubba and he's giving him like this advice and then the bad guys there he's seeing the general in his hallucinatory dream, even though he's never seen him in real life. So that was kind of interesting too. Um, but there's this whole whole scene where he's hallucinating and then uh, Bear and Jeopards work together to go and, and you know, save him. But I don't know. I just, I, I don't love dreams in movies and series and I didn't love this whole hallucination scene I agree. either. Yeah, I agree. It was just... I didn't feel like it was necessary. I think this... Go ahead, Mark. It's an an easy vehicle to communicate a bunch of information. Like, you know, I don't know if you're running out of time or you're just being lazy as a director, but yeah, I feel the same way with a lot of dream sequences. It it seemed very sort of uh, forced. Yeah, episode five to me was was only the beginning with General Abbott and Gladys, and then at mm -hmm. the end with General Abbott and saving the things from being burned. Right. 
Right, that was, exactly. That was, that was pretty much it for me in terms of the episode. Everything in between was just kind of like a filler of getting Gus, Jep, and Bear to get on that train. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. About, that, that's about that's about it. So right. we, get the bu- we get the buddy comedy of Jeopard and Bear for a little while. Yes. Yeah, right. Which wasn't really comedic. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So with Dr. Singh, Nancy is dead, but... The other big guy in the neighborhood watch is like, oh, can you hang up these missing person signs? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, what makes you think she's missing? Maybe she's just By the way, Amy, I love your impersonations of all these characters. (laughs) You're spot (laughs) on with them. On point. (laughs) And they go, Singh and Ronnie go to the hospital, or the, you know, the doctor's office where they work, which is really a fast food joint. Because um, every time they go, she says something like, you're not the only one who wants fries. And you're not going to get fries, man. It's that it's the doctor's office. So they go to the doctor's office. And when they're in the, they're like, where is everybody? And then they realize that the freezer is open. And, of course, the freezer is where they have Nancy's body. So when they come back out, the whole neighborhood's there. And they're like, you killed Nancy. And he's like, no, no, she was sick. You know, she's sick. And... It just, it happened and blah, blah, blah. And they don't believe them. And so sure enough, the next thing, they're wrapping them in cellophane and putting them in their house and lighting their house on fire. And at this point, I'm like, hang on. If they're going to burn them, what was the whole point of this stupid storyline? Like, why am I, why are they trying to get me invested in this guy if they're just going to kill him? Because it felt like it was possible they were going to die. Like, I didn't know, and I realize it's episode five and I should have known by then, but I wasn't really sure that a main character wouldn't bite it, you know, at some point. So I wasn't sure. But then the general comes and saves the day and, uh, and, and the episode ends with Singh saying, like, I can make the cure. I can make the cure. And that's when the general's like, okay, shut it down. Like, let's save him here. And that's that's kind of where the episode ends. And then it takes us into episode six. And episode six says, in a moment of desperation, again, this is how the, the last episode ends and this one starts, Dr. Singh makes a bold promise. A lost memento makes for a bumpy ride to Colorado. And the last men close in on the preserve. So I felt like this episode six was the first time where I really felt like each storyline, each of the three major storylines were getting equal play. Like it really was the Gus show for like the first three episodes. And then in four and five, even though we got snatches of what Amy was doing, it was really the Gus and Dr. Singh show. But now with episode six, I felt like it really was a third of the show was about Gus, a third of the show was about Dr. Singh, and a third of the show was about Amy and the Preserve, Um, which made me happy because I really started to get invested with the Preserve storyline here. Um, And I thought that was, I thought that was good. And that being said, the only thing really that I wrote about this episode, and I think part of that was because I was really invested in watching this episode, I just said, so Singh is promising he can make the cure, but he knows he has to torture and kill hybrid kids to get it, and he's still willing to do it. So again, I'm still, at this point, I was still kind of going back and forth with my, really? Like, you're really going to do that? Um, I was having a big issue with that. I loved this part. Um, I did love this episode, though, for what happens on the train when they wind up meeting someone that Jeffords knows right, um, who I guess he used to play with, and they are really, I don't know, that just shows this connection because, of course, this is going to be a shock to everybody. Um, Gus doesn't listen, 
and he goes off on his own on this train because somewhere along the line he has lost dog on the train. Dog is his stuffed animal. The one that he threw in the fire uh, that got him caught in the first place um, when he wasn't listening about not building a fire. I wrote here, Gus is terrible, too curious, kind of annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily he didn't get caught, but still, like, bro, just stay still for five seconds. Right, well, and I made I made the note it, that he said it still smells like my pubba, and I'm like, you threw it in a fire. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it smells like char and ash at this <laughs> exactly. point. Exactly. This is yeah, also the it, episode where the last man, last man, and General Abbott show up to the preserve. Yeah. And Amy has to have all the kids kind of uh, like use their escape route through the tunnels under on the ground. And she kind of distracts General Abbott and his men with fireworks and explosions. And the kids make it to the, to the church, which was the escape plan. But it didn't go exactly to plan. And all those hybrid kids get caught by the last men. They did. Uh, Amy is badass in this episode. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I made a note when she was having that exchange via intercom and megaphone with Dr. Abbott. That her, I loved her speech. Uh, mm-hmm. And her comments about these children being beautiful and, and how they, they are the new world. And unlike most apocalypse movies and shows like The Walking Dead, where you have your villains are the ones who are taking advantage of the new world to create their own new world order. And in this case, it seems like the villains, even somewhat Dr. Singh a little bit, but the neighbors, Dr. Abbott, they're the people fighting to keep things as they were. And the mm. heroes are the ones that have hope for this new evolution or mm. whatever's happening. I also wrote in this episode, Jet better not die. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because I was like, I like Jet, and they always do this to me where I like a character <laughs> and I know they're going to kill him off or kill her off. I hope they don't do it to my boy Jet. Okay. All right. Well, uh, this was an episode which I thought so again, there I go back and forth with him throughout the whole the whole series, and this is one of the episodes what made me like, oh yeah, because he risks himself. He knows that there are last men in the other train car where the dog is, and he goes in that train car anyway. He tries to play himself off very badly as somebody <laughs> who works on the train, and he picks up the dog, and then he has this interaction, and then he's he winds up fighting with them, and they chase him. And then this guy that he meets who's, you know, gotten hit on the head one too many times playing football. Like, he's like, you go. I'll hold the door. You go. And this guy totally sacrifices himself Mm -hmm. so that Jep and this kid can get away. Now, it's in this scene where the the guy, his, his old friend, says, oh, you know, so your kid's a deer, huh? And he's like, oh, that's not my kid. And he's like, oh, I thought your wife was expecting. And he's like, yeah. So now we're getting a little bit of information about Jep's prior life and we find out that he had a wife and she was pregnant and where's this baby and where's the wife and and that makes us wonder and it gives you a little more insight into why he's risking things for for Gus but I loved I loved it was very melodramatic but I still really loved it how as Jep's friend is buying them time and fighting with these guys they're playing like you know audio from 
this guy when he used to be, you know, an <laughs> yeah, athlete. Commentary from and the it was, football game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was just, I don't know. I thought that was very well done. I thought that was very well done. It was a total Game of Thrones moment, though. I mean, from yes. the character to the action. That was Hodor, like 100%. Yeah. Yes, but, um, absolutely. The mo- and you guys when, know that, that Jep was in Game of Thrones, right? No. Who was he? Jep was in Game of Thrones. I have to um, Google that now. Yeah, my husband and I were talking about it earlier. I have to see if I can find it. Go ahead, say whatever you were going to say. Well, uh, him, Jep, stupidly going after the the smoke stinking dog toy. Uh, it also served as a really good vehicle for that evolution with his relationship with Bear, because you know they're all coming together as this chosen family. The look in her eyes when she saw that he had done that for a stuffed animal, I think right. that kind of made her realize you're not the last men anymore. Like in, right. They, they just got tighter after that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, again, this was, this was, I felt like things started to change in this episode for me because I just felt like there, there wasn't going to be another episode, I thought, where I was kind of checked out. Like, I thought at this point, and it wasn't that I didn't like it up to this point. I did. But, like, I was folding laundry. I was doing things. It was at this point where I was like, Oh wow! Like I really want to pay attention. I I need to see what happens here. Um, so yeah, so that happens. So then we have episode seven. I love episode, episode seven. S- yeah, when Pubba met Birdie, uh, and it says Gus's quest to find Birdie. Birdie is Gus's mom, and uncover more about her connection to his father leaves him questioning everything he's ever known. So since you love this one, you talk about it a little bit, Diego. Well, this is you get the backstory, and I love a good backstory. Uh, I know I, think, <laughs> I, I can't remember what show we talked about recently where we hated. I think it might have been Jupiter's Legacy, where we kind they waited till like one of the last episodes to give you the backstory. Yes. But I thought this one just fit perfectly because so much stuff has happened in the episode with like the 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 Amy and the preserve blah blah blah. So it's kind of like brings you back a little bit so i really i really thought it was well placed in the sequence of episodes uh and i was just thinking especially there's the one scene where they're i guess they're in alaska and they're digging through the glaciers or the the ice whatever it is and they they bring out like a tube and they find like bacteria within this ice and it looks like it's bacteria from like prehistoric times or whatever and I swear, I remember reading a news article that, like, they just did this, like, in real life, where they found, like, some prehistoric or some very old bacteria or something that had been frozen under ice, and it melted, and now, like, they found it. So, that, right. that was, I was like, man, come on now. Um, so, I love that. This episode, they also made it to Birdie's house. Right. So, I'm writing in my notes, they found Birdie. Turns out it wasn't Birdie, but Birdie's, like, colleague that they found. That, like, she, that Birdie had saved. And you get the, like, the backstory of how Gus came to be, like, born, pretty much. Yeah. And you see that he isn't, like, he wasn't born to a mom, but he was, like, a test tube baby, Right. I guess. And so, so and- that... That kind of like freaked them out. Yeah, and as well it should. Um, but it also like this is the part where I was like, yes, okay, finally here's the backstory, and I I loved the backstory. I loved watching how it all came out. As soon as they started to show that backstory, I was like, oh, he's a test tube. He's not. 
he was made in a lab. And, and I, I kind of felt so bad because I knew that wasn't going to go over. That news was not going to be welcome news. But again, I felt like this would be the episode where they would explain it. Like, explain everything. Why would you be making hybrid babies? What? Like, why are you doing that? And how is that connected to this virus that you also created? And, like, how are the two of them connected? And then she, they're, they're escaping from the lab because they go to the lab. When right. she finds out that the lab is being taken over. And she's like, I have to get all my research. If it falls in the wrong hands, millions of people could die. And I'm like, okay, so that's the virus. But then they get to the lab, and instead of getting, like, her papers and stuff, she gets this deer baby that she made. And I'm like, the deer baby is going to kill millions of, like, but then, nope, nope. So then she has the baby, and then she's like, nope, now I got to go back. You got to take the baby. So then she's got to go back and get her research. So what, what is the connection? I still don't understand. What is the connection between this virus that causes the sick? And I thought the the wording of the the sick first of all like super creative name for a virus um and then also the crumble was when everybody started getting sick like the crumble um i thought that was weird sounds delicious yeah right i was like (laughs) apple apple crumble i'm in um but i just i felt like this was the time when they should have been explaining that because i don't think think that you should end season one not getting that well, I saw, or not sorry, not saw, but I think at one point where she's, exp- Birdie's explaining it to Pubba about the virus or, like, what they're doing in the labs. She's talking about how, like, if they do it right, they create something great. But if they mix it the wrong way, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. So I think when they mixed it, and it created the hybrids. Or it created Gus. I think when they mixed it, it created the sick. Oh, man. See? That's the thing. Enlighten us. Enlighten us, Mark. Come on. Well, and... I, I've been trying actually uh, because I I wasn't sure how far that this was going to go in in the final episode of this season, so I was trying not to spoil my reading online. Mm. Uh, but one of the things I was thinking was that somehow I mean we've seen Gus talk to animals, we've seen Gus with this big mm-hmm. Patronus thing, whatever. Could somehow she needed Gus not because Gus could cause the death of millions, but Gus could somehow provide the cure for the sick that's the virus that she knows has already been created hmm. and is out there because it all all of these things were created out of the same process this inject she, she was injecting you know this this bio material into eggs i guess she chose a few like ovaries as well and started creating mammals right um, but maybe she knows something about gus's makeup that somehow he is the antidote to the virus. I don't know. But but Dr. Bell finds out not just him, but all hybrid kids have something in that gland that will stop you from being contagious and keep the virus, keep the sick at bay. Yeah, at bay, but maybe Gus is the cure because he's, he's baby zero, patient zero or something. I, I, this is purely speculative. This is not spoiler, uh, so I don't know. Right, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I, I, I just felt like it was something that... 
could have been easily cleared up for us, but it wasn't. But this was a great episode. I think, Diego, I think you had texted me, like, the last two and a half episodes yeah. are, like, fire. And you're right. You were yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, I was the action so was in. Just, the action was good. And then it's, just, it's kind of funny and awkward that, you know, they went in and Birdie showed Pubba the uh, Gus, the baby, and she's like, take him, run away, right. <laughs> like, go. Yeah. And he's like, I just met, like, we just became right. friends like, right. two hours ago. And you say, I'm telling <laughs> me to take this baby. And that's kind and of where the- we also, we get a clear shot of him getting to Yellowstone. Right. Which was, which was really pretty, pretty dope. Pretty dope view. And there. really says a lot about him, right? Richard Fox, Pubba, um, that, you know, he You're is like, wait, what? But not only does he take the baby, but like. He, he takes the baby and raises the baby. Like, he, I don't know. I thought I thought that said a lot about him, and I thought that was great. I thought that was yeah. great. So, so he now knows. Gus now knows that he is a, a lab creation, and that takes us into Episode 8. Episode 8 is called Big Man, um, and it says, His world's shaken. Gus runs off. Surprise. Um, yeah. And makes a rash decision. Big Man comes to grips with a long-ago mistake, and Amy makes her last stand against General Abbott. Um, so now we get the backstory, the full backstory for Big Man. And oh, man, this one was tough. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough, and it, it suddenly now, like it was such a bomb drop where the guy in the train was like, hey, what about your wife and baby? And I was like, what? Wife and baby? And now they open up by showing us that he, he's got a wife and baby. Going into this episode, one of the biggest questions I had was about, how, like, where did all the other hybrid kids come from? Like, were they born? Were they created? So I wasn't, like, real sure, kind of. Like, it almost, in the first episode when you see, like, the the maternity ward and all those mm-hmm. babies are there, it's like, well, where did they come from? Like, were they born? Right. Like, that, I know that sounds stupid, but, like, did no. they just appear out of nowhere? Or like did they be were they babies, normal babies first, and then something happened and then they changed. So I was very like I didn't know hundred percent and with with Jep's backstory here, you 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 see what's what because his whole thing is his wife's pregnant, rushed to the hospital, they get her in, and the whole time, you know, he has to wait out in the lobby, he can't go in with her. And then the nurse comes out and says, Hey, you have a, a baby boy and he's asking, Is it is it human? And like the nurse won't answer him. Right. And then he goes back and it's like a goat. And um, it's a goat boy. Right. Right. And the right. goat, there's a goat boy at the end of this episode. Right. Cause we talked about yes. how the, how the, the animal, the hybrids got caught from the preserve at the church. And now they're all like locked up in a pen with general Abbott and his men. And there's like, I would say maybe 20 of them. And one of them is a goat boy. Right. Right. So, yeah. So interesting. So you're, you're on to something very solid, Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought it was the, the whole thing with the with the baby. And again, here's here's that other piece that I don't understand. Why are people suddenly having hybrid babies? Like if they're they have the virus, but they're not getting sick, but they're having hybrid babies. Like and that I, was the it, question that they asked at the beginning of this first episode with what came first, the hybrids or the virus? Right. Right, that right because they said that the ba- that the hybrids caused the virus, and then they're like, no, I think it was the other way around. So again, I just really need that cleared up for me. But well, and um, Amy, 
Uh, Go ahead. When I had that same like punch in the gut feeling when they showed that Gus was a test tube baby at the other episode because it would have been such kind of a beautiful thing if mankind was destroying the planet, this virus occurs, mm. nature creates this hybrid animal human to take us to the next level, the next stage of evolution. So like when Bear finds out that, you know, Gus was created, not not natural. Uh, kind of rocked looked, her a little bit. Yeah, it rocked me too for the same reason because it would have been such a poetic kind of story. But, uh, but yeah, so, I don't know. It was, it was, I, it was yeah. sad. Then that scene in the hospital... I, so my, my notes for this episode are, um, his son is a little goat baby. Wait, is he going to leave them? Is everything he's doing with Gus just, trying, Gus just trying to make up for it? Oh my gosh, he and Singer are in the same elevator. Wait, he went back? Oh my gosh, someone found his family. Someone <laughs> took his family. Like, these are the notes that I'm writing as I'm watching this. Because, like, every second of this episode, something big was happening, right? He he leaves. He goes and he sees that the baby's a goat, and he leaves. He goes and he gets in the elevator. And then, rushing to the elevator and sliding in at the last minute, who is it? It's Dr. Singh. And he's like, what was it? And he's like, what? And he's like, what was the baby? And he's like, uh, 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 uh goat and he's like okay and he's like you know and he's like I-, I can't go back up and he's like you can do a lot of things you didn't think you could do um which is kind of for i felt like a love. precursor yeah for someone you love and i yeah. felt like that was a precursor to the fact that oh i'm going to torture your child someday uh, yeah. to save my wife but and so then we but then we don't know what he does and so then as he's telling the story to bear he's like i went back but somebody had already taken them and i was like oh no somebody took your family i just thought that was was so sad um so also in this episode uh one of my notes was yeah i get that this kid was super protected but how does he not get that the army is bad everyone's telling him to stay put and he runs away again he runs away (laughs) from judy's house finds this plane, gets on the little walkie-talkie. He, apparently, he thinks it's the preserve that he's calling, um, but he, he calls somebody. And then we don't see him for a little while because now we're seeing the preserve, right? The little kids, they get to, oh, my God, they get to this church, and Bobby come, Bobby and Pigtails come up out of the sewer. And she t- Wendy, Pigtails, she tells everybody, you stay down there. My mom says she's coming, and I believe her. You stay. So they all stay, and then she crawls out. She says, Bobby? Bobby? Because Bobby, like Gus, just wanders away. And then there's little Bobby standing, and he's standing in the shadow of one of the last men. And then they get Bobby, and they get Pigtail, and they get all the other kids. And I just wrote, they caught the babies? No! Um, <laughs> because those poor babies. But then, as this is happening... Now Bear is talking to Judy because, of course, Jeffords has gone off to go try to find Gus. And Bear and Judy are talking, and she's telling about her backstory. And she starts talking about how she had a little sister, and her little sister was a hybrid who was a pig. And, um, you know, she sees, like, this, this bear in the box, and that she's like, my name is Becky, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, we, we realize, they don't say it, but we realize that Bear's sister is actually the baby that Amy has adopted and is Pigtails. Um, so that was a huge, I, just, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty good at seeing how things are going to unfold. I didn't see that one for a while, um, so it was good that that got me. And then Big Man catches up with him. 
and uh, and Gus is like, hey, it's great, you know. Uh, and, and Big Man's like, dude, I'm going to stay with you. This is going to be great. Uh, you and me, we're going to work this out. And he's, you know, Gus is like, yeah, we're going to be together. This will be great. And he's like, yeah, you know, they're really bonding there. And he's like, well, guess what? We can go to the preserve because I called him. And he's like, you did what? And he's like, yeah, see, like the walkie-talkie in that abandoned airplane? I, I called them. And then you just hear this big boom. And Diego, you must have been so sad at this part. Because <sighs> sure enough, they shoot him right in the chest. I was happy, though, because they ch- shot him on the right side of the chest, so it didn't hit his heart. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. all right, all right. He should, he's yeah. a big guy. He should be all right. It looked like it went straight through. It looked like it went straight through. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, Big Man just collapses back on the ground. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, I mean, I thought that was the end of it. Um, and then they, they, take, they take Gus and they put him in a cage. And I'm like, well, at least he's not going to escape that. And then they take him back to the preserve, which is now where they have Dr. Singh and Ronnie. And um, they bring him to Dr. Singh. And Dr. Singh has to, you know, the, the general's like, you got to start doing your work now. So they bring him to Dr. Singh, and Dr. Singh is looking at him, and he kind of sees that he's looking at a candy bar, and he gives him the candy bar, and he says, thank you. Um, and Dr. Singh's like, wait a minute, this kid can talk. And so he's like, all right, I'm not going to work on this kid. He's like, go get me another one. Another interesting character is General Abbott's, like, secondhand man, Johnny, who seems to have some sympathy for the hybrid kids like he mm-hmm. also had sympathy for the sings he's like he told the sings yeah. i let i let your horse go like this is not he's i don't know how much of a bad guy he is i don't know it was interesting to watch and so he goes and gets a different kid for sing to work on and then this horrifies me because the kid is like a reptile kid and he's laying on the the gurney Right? He's wide awake. He sits up and he looks at the doctor and his big old reptile tongue licks his face. And Johnny's like, you ready, Dr. Singh? And he picks up a circular saw and he goes, yeah, I'm ready. And he starts to walk over. And I'm like, my notes are, oh, my God, don't they put the kids to sleep first? Like, what is this? (laughs) So now it looks like he's just, like, cutting kids open while they're awake. It just got, like, 500 times worse. So that was... That was bananas. That was crazy. I was crazy. hoping he was going to turn the saw on General Abbott in that moment. Like, I was like, come oh, on, do it. That yeah. that would have been good. That would have been good. But again, I think Dr. Singh is like, he's committed now. He's, I think saving his wife is more important than anything else. Um, at least so he didn't, then. He, he at least saved the Gus. I, Gus I mean, was... yeah, but he still killed a kid. Oh, yeah. He's in a tough spot. You know? He he's not in a tough spot. He's not. You just you know. say I'm not going to do this because if he dies, nobody else knows what to do with those notes. Nobody else knows what to do with it. And at least you save kids seemed to, for a while. Abbott seemed to think he did. Abbott because he's, he's like I'm doctor, just here for the book. But he was like I'm here for the book. I don't need you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, so then we go back to see big man laying on the ground. And a truck comes up, and somebody who's all covered gets Big Man, puts him in the back of the truck. So now I'm like, whoo, that's a really strong person. They were able to get Big Man in the back of a truck? Like, he's totally passed out. Um, I was thinking it was Johnny. 
I was like, I wonder if Johnny went back and got him. Like, what, what is going on here? But then they show Big Man wake up on this couch, and it turns up, and and got him up like fifty flights apparently because it's they're in he's in an apartment building now, but it turns out it was Amy, um, and she's like, save your strength because tomorrow we're gonna go save our kids. So that was that was great. That was great. And then the episode ends with because you think it's over, it's not over. Because Beth has been playing with this satellite. I'm not Beth. Um, yeah, Becky. Bear. Bear. Bear, Becky. Bear has been playing with um, this satellite phone at Judy's house, and she keeps like pressing numbers or whatever. And then you see like Alaska again, and you see somebody running in from outside as the satellite phone is ringing, and she answers the phone and she's like, "Hello," and then Becky's like, "Hello, who's this?" And then the woman unwraps herself, and it's Birdie. So Birdie's alive. She's in Alaska. I don't know. It was good. It was. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. And I, I, I get the changes. Bear is not in the original comic. Her tribe is not in the original comic. Dr. Singh is a bad, bad man in the original comic, but it mm-hmm. seems like they gave him a backstory here because they want to justify the bad things that he's going to do. Amy wasn't in the comic. That entire third storyline wasn't in the comic. Um, so, or in the graphic novel. So I, I, I just, I was okay with the changes that they made. Sometimes you know that I don't love when they make adaptations from like page to screen. But this one, I was okay with. I thought it was really well done. This would get, this would get, I don't know, I'm going to say like a thumb and a half up from me. I thoroughly enjoyed this show. I like that the story came together so fluidly like there there wasn't anything really for me that i was like that doesn't fit or how that it didn't seem so far-fetched the way things would connect so yeah. I, I really enjoyed that i like the characters i mean i, I like jep even though gus is annoying he is interesting in some ways bear's cool amy's awesome not you amy but amy in the show <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I told you off air, Amy, that I went to the comic book store yesterday because I was like, you know what? I, w- I want to read the comic, but they didn't have the first issue. So I'm going to have to put a hold on that until I can find it. But it was good. And I'm, I'm like I said before, I really hope Netflix does not cancel this one. And we do get to see what, what happens next. But I like I, I give this one two thumbs up personally. I, th- I thought okay. it was really good. And Mark? I'm right I'm right there with you. Uh, I I love a, a zombie story. I love an apocalypse story. I like when someone can do a fresh take on either of those. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. this apocalypse story was unique and cool. Gus, I think we I think we all agree he got a little annoying with his lack of obedience, but <laughs> he was he was sweet and charming with his hope. And I loved the other characters. Like so, two thumbs up. And I'm, again, praying for that second season. Seriously. All right. Good deal. All right. Good deal. So uh, you want to talk about what you're going to watch next? Yeah. So really quickly, so just to go back, so Jeppertz was in Game of Thrones, and I looked it up while we were – while we were talking and he's going he was the guy that Daenerys went down to see the vault he had like the key to the vault around his neck oh, and he's like if you marry me yes. we can split my fortune oh, I knew. Him in there. yeah I can, yep. yeah so that's who he was okay oh, wow 
Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, why don't you go first? What do you want to watch coming up? I want to watch Fatherhood with Kevin mm-hmm. Hart. That, right. that definitely looks dope. Speaking of apocalyptic things, I want to see Awake. That looks kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Black Summer, I'll check it out. It's season two, so I got to see if, what season one uh, might have been. And Fear Street, part one, okay. 1994. That's right. July 2nd, so that's far away. Uh, oh, and Fresh Fried and Crisp, another food show coming Wednesday. So, <laughs> so oh. I want to see Awake too. I love one of my favorite genres of book is dystopian apocalyptic stuff. So I love to watch anything like that. So again, it's another global event thing happening. So I want to see that. I want to see Wish Dragon. Um, that looks like something that I'll I'll watch with my my younger son. Um, Skater Girl is one that I wanted to see. I think that looks really good. Um, Fear Street, uh, it's actually, that's not until July, so I, I won't mention that, but I will mention it soon. Uh, so that looks really good. But, and then there's like new seasons of things that I've watched. Like I've been watching Elite on Netflix. Season four is coming out. I'm going to want to watch that. Um, so just a couple, like just some different things. The Seventh Day, um, which I don't think is a Netflix original, um, but I don't care. I want to watch it anyway. Um, so there's a, there's a number of things coming up. Mark, is there anything that's on your radar? Yeah, well, for sure, Black Summer Season 2. Um, I also want to see Elite and, uh, um, what was it? Uh, don't Laugh, but like Vampire Academy, I think might be fun. <laughs> Wait, Vampire Academy? Did I miss that? Uh, uh, let me go back to, I think it's the, I think it's tomorrow, June 7th. What? Get out of town. Like, based <laughs> on the books? Uh, Yeah. I read that whole series. That makes me so happy. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I guess I'll be watching that one, too, then. So, All right. All right. So, uh, Amy, do you want to talk about what we might be doing this coming? Our next episode, not... I guess, press pause or what, what was it? Yeah. So, you know that our, one of our tagline is, um, our tagline is pressing play on Netflix original. But we decided that we're going to, inter- since we normally do our show every two weeks, we're going to interject uh, a show in the in-between weeks, and we're going to call that pressing pause, uh, where we're going to talk about things that we're watching on other channels, um, other streaming services like Disney Plus or Amazon Prime or Hulu. Um, again, you know, we'll, we'll keep these episodes strictly to the Netflix originals but in the in-between weeks it'll be more like how our old format used to be where we would talk about a variety of different shows Um, but we'll be talking about a variety of different shows that we're watching on other streaming networks as well again if you're watching things on other networks that you think that we might like please let us know um, because we would love to kind of watch them and and chat about them we already have some things that we're looking forward to on some other channels that we'll be talking about next week Um, so you know we're hopeful that this not only brings in some new listeners, but that it, you know, engages our audience, those of you who've been loyal listeners, um, but might not only be watching Netflix, but be watching some other things, kind of engages you as well. So we're looking forward to it. All right. As always, always, everyone, check out the Facebook page, Instagram. Uh, Amy's going to start up a Twitter, I think, account pretty yep, soon. Yep. So check us out there. And as always, leave us comments, suggestions, anything you guys think, if you're watching on any you know, platform right now. And if share, share, share. Yeah, definitely share. You know, one year we want to make season two even better than season one. So thank you everyone (laughs) that has been with us since the beginning. Appreciate it. 
and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.